From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Hey everyone, the Forum for the Fans. Bleed Blue Show. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud and the Rangers fall uh, two games in a row to the Bruins and now to the uh, division leading and division winning Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, BleedBlueShow.com is our website. Audio archive episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, let's just jump right into it. I think the division is out of grasp right now. Uh, I was apologizing about a week ago. I hate to say it, but we're just gonna have to settle for that second seed in the uh, uh, in the Metro. Uh, as far as tonight, um, and, and I, 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 I would have said this before, but I'm kind of I'm still not necessarily worried. But damn, Carolina is a hell of a good team, and Scott's been identifying that pretty much all year. So so has Glenn. But um, the last two games, maybe more so the Boston game, kind of bothered me on Saturday as well. Uh, how we didn't come to really to play as much as we could in that game. The Rangers showed a little bit of fight late in this game uh, with the late goal by Lafreniere, but they couldn't capitalize uh, within the last minute. So uh, so we just have to settle for a second and see where it goes, man. We're going to be on here for about 35, 40 minutes, so let's just get to our points and knock it out the park. Uh, let's get the guys on and talk about what we saw, and then let's get into this playoff picture. Because uh, we're going to definitely talk a lot about playoff hockey as well, not just our team, but in the next several weeks uh, f- for uh, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Uh, Glenn, say hello to the people, man. I hope all is well, man. I definitely want to get your thoughts on the last several games. That Islander game was fantastic, but whatever happened in Boston and then uh, I guess tonight versus the leading Hurricanes. Glenn, say hello to the people. We'll lead off with you, then we'll bring on Scott. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Yeah, now doing uh, pretty good. A little disappointed about tonight, but... Um... You know, I think around mm-hmm. uh, uh, when it was uh, four to one with about twelve minutes left in the game, I'm I'm kind of feeling. You know, I wish I was seeing a little bit more pushback here. It seems like, you know, we're just kind of playing it out, and uh, that was right about the time they decided to turn it on a little bit and just ran out of time. Um, you know, I thought it was another mm-hmm. well played game. Uh, their goalie uh, Kachikov, I believe his name is. Um, uh, it was only his third game in the NHL, but uh, I thought he played well. He made a number of good saves, uh, especially that one on Lafreniere where he kind of uh, dipsy-doodled through the defenseman and got a backhander off. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it it's hard to really criticize anything when your second line pretty much is taken out of the game in the first period. So, uh, you know, it might have been a little different if Cop uh, and uh, – Panarin were able to uh, continue, but they weren't. Hopefully it's not anything serious. And, uh, you know, again, I I mean, we kind of knew going into tonight that even if the Rangers won, uh, first place was kind of out of reach because they would have had to win the next two, and uh, Carolina obviously would have to lose tonight in their next game. So uh, first place was kind of out of reach. So I'm not disappointed from that standpoint. Uh, But, you know, it would have been nice to – to uh, beat this team and, and even the season series at least. Uh, and, uh, you know, because as we know, you know, they, they uh, blew the Rangers out in the first game. They blew the Rangers out in the second game, if not for Georgiev. 
the third game was fairly even a couple of weeks ago, except for, you know, we talked about a couple of lucky bounces. So, um, you know, I thought today was, uh, you know, I thought Carolina had a little more to better to play for the majority of the game. But, uh, again, with the second line out, it's kind of hard to, to gauge, uh, you know, how concerned you are about that. So uh, that's kind of what I saw tonight. And I think Igor, uh, you know, Igor was okay. Uh, I, think on, 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 I, I think he wanted that third goal. I think he wanted that third goal. I think he wanted that third goal. I'm sorry. I thought you wanted to get into it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We got to get the guys on. Um, the Scott. Let's get the Scott and get him. No, no, that's cool, man. It's cool. Let's get the Scott and then um, and then I'll definitely let you sound off, man. We we'll definitely sound off. Uh, shout out to uh, Glenn Scott. What up, man? Matter of fact, I, I gotta say that I should have said this from the start, man. And Scott, if you could just say a quick tidbit because I would definitely let you guys fire away uh, the Steve McDonald Award. And I mean, I mean, it really meant a lot to Kreider seeing all those Rangers all those years, Ranger players all those years to get that award. It seemed like for a stretch, it seemed like Zuccarello was getting it every year. Um, but uh, that war has been going on since the 80s or something, 87, 88-ish. And we all know the story of what happened with Steve McDonald back in, what, 86 uh, in Central Park. But Scott, uh, I think Chris Carter getting the award. We'll, we'll talk about that, but it was a good moment for him. I mean, why not? I mean, he's had a, the, the season of his life. But quick, say a quick tidbit, Scott, because I want you to definitely speak on that later on. But how you doing, man? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll get to that uh, later. I know you <laughs> zeroed in on me with a bullseye because it was Kreider, so uh, absolutely, we'll get to that later. But, uh, yeah, um, the game, so be it. I mean, I think the division realistically ended on Saturday. Uh, like Glenn said, even had we beaten them tonight in regulation, it was still uh, would have been tough. So, um yeah, you know, Carolina's pretty much got our number this year. Uh, so be it. If we get to the second round, to uh, we'll address it then. <laughs> um, for now, right. um, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I, I when we when we a couple weeks ago we were talking about it, and you know, I, I had said I wouldn't even mind finishing second because I think Pittsburgh or Washington would have been a more favorable matchup than Tampa or Boston. Um, so that's fine. There's a silver lining there. We're gonna have home ice. Uh, you know, get the, a lot, lot. Most of this team's got little to no playoff experience, so uh, I think we wanted the most favorable matchup to get these guys uh, to cut their teeth in the playoffs, and, and we're going to get it. Uh, as far as tonight goes, um, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I think we're all going to sleep uh, very uneasily tonight while we wait for the injury report on Cop and Panarin. Hopefully, it was just. Uh, uh, you know, precautionary. That's what we're, we're hoping for. And there's no rush to uh, bring them back into this game or, or the rest of this regular season. But uh, you know, it, it'll be what it'll be. Um, you know, that's that's the okay. big. Uh, that's yep. That's okay. That's is that it? <laughs> no, no, no. Hold hold your thoughts, man. We oh. get the conversation going. You guys, are, you guys can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Let's get uh, let's get everybody on. Let's see, I think this is Carl. Carl, just say hello, man. We're gonna get. I'm gonna make sure everybody gets the dialogue in. I want to get a good back and forth for everybody. Carl, what's up, man? I think this is you. How you doing, man? Say hello to the people, man. A pleasant good evening, everybody. A lot of energy in the uh, in the crowd tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Shout out to Carl, man. At the Seamus is joined with us, man. Shout out to Carl. And yes, of indeed. course, I've been joining you guys show. since before the break. 
Yeah, I haven't joined you guys since before the two-week break back in February. So I, I try to I try to make sure I, I time my check-ins and with the week to go finally end of the season and uh, getting ready for the best time of the year start next, I think, next Wednesday, I think it's the day. You know, it's been four, it's been five years actually, and we'll finally, uh, you know, get a chance to uh, get our anxiety back up. I'm not totally sure how I'm going to feel that, that game day of, because it's been about five years since we've been, you know, in that sort of mode. So it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And then let's get the head honcho himself, Ranger Proud, Ranger Proud on Instagram and Forever Blue Shirts and Party Sports Media. RP, just go ahead and sound off, and then we're going to let Glenn sound off and Scott sound off and Scott sound off. But RP, I know you have a lot to say, but kind of curious to what you got to say as far as what happened in Boston and, of course, tonight, man. I mean, does it worry you, or is it just trying to get bodies back? Your whole thing as far as how the season is winding down, what are your thoughts? And then let's go to Glenn after that. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't worry me. I think the the Rangers. I, I don't think the Rangers had as much emphasis on tonight's hockey game as the fans did. To be honest with you, not that they didn't want to win it, but I think you know Sam and, and Joe said it best. It, it was a fun game for tonight, but all eyes are on next week when the playoffs start. Um, the injuries to the Cop and Panera and are in precautionary though, because the Rangers said Cop had a lower body injury and. Panera had an upper body injury, and you probably won't know any more than that until the playoffs start. Because the Rangers have been really, really tight-lipped on all their injuries this year. Nothing's been leaking out. So it's going to be a wait and see. I doubt you'll see Panera back until Tuesday. Um, I don't know why they played cop today. There was really no need to. I, I don't think the priority to get first place was as important to Gallant as he was saying it was. I'm sure they wanted to put on a little bit better of a performance, even though the floor three score. I mean, the Rangers battled pretty good in the third period and, you know, cut it down to a one-goal deficit. But but at the end of the day, this is all about next week. I mean, you know, everyone's starting not to sit their players, but just to be a little bit smarter since Ovechkin got hurt the other night. and He didn't play against the Islanders tonight, and the Islanders took a 4-1 uh, win in that game. This is just a matter of who we're going to play next, guys. It's either going to be Washington or Pittsburgh. And it's probably going to come down to Friday's game for the Capitals because, what is it, a one-point difference between those two teams? And they have one or two games left, including the contest against the Rangers on Friday night at the Garden. So uh, I'm not concerned at all. I like the, the chemistry. I like how this team plays. I think they'll step up to that playoff level come next week. And, uh, you know, we just hope the injuries aren't too concerning and too bad and they can just – wait it out and see what happens. So for you, RP, you're saying it's about getting the health back, right? You're just looking at us from as far as just getting to the uh, playoff mode with all of our bodies in check. I mean, it is, it is, it is what it is yeah, at this I, point, I, pretty much. We are where we are at this point. Yeah, time, I mean, so. at this point, the, the, the good point about it being done with this is no more talk of can we get the first place and should we get the first place and this, that, and the other thing. It's, it's over with now. Yeah, today's Tuesday, I think I think the Rangers start Tuesday. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but either way, seven or eight days until the playoffs start. And now just keep your freaking sharp, keep guys healthy, and uh, the next two games mean nothing. Before fans go out with the Capitals and this, it, these two games mean squat. The Rangers can actually take a backseat, slow down, whatever happens, happens. Trying to stay in good rhythm, try to not get injured, and, and you know play hockey and, and play with pride, but. There is no meaning in these next two games whatsoever. 
You know, even though the Capitals are battling for a spot, I'm not saying the Rangers are going to tank it one way or another, but I don't think there is that pressing issue to win either of these next two games as opposed to working on the penalty kill, which is doing very well, even though they're eighth in the league and we'll keep working on the power play. And I like to see Lafreniere's line get a little bit more action in these next two games, and if Kako does come back, be sure he gets his ice time. But we've been playing since we clinched second place. It's, to me, it's been all let's get ready for the playoffs. Okay. Hey, go ahead, go ahead and fire away. You, you have, you're having a lot to say, man. Didn't mean to cut you off earlier, but feel free to sound off and continue on all your thoughts. And if you have anything you want to say to anybody here on tonight's uh, post game versus the, uh, the case, feel free, man. Yeah, no, I guess I kind of prematurely threw a lot out there about tonight. Um, uh, you know, again, I mean, I think the, the story here is uh, like RP said, uh, you know, and, uh, and Scott as well, that, you know, this game really wasn't that important because first place was pretty much out of reach. Uh, and it's, like I said, it's really hard to gauge when you've got, you know, your second line pretty much two-thirds of your second line taken away in the first period. So, uh, again, it's really hard for me to say one way or the other uh, whether, uh, you know, I'm disappointed, it was a bad game, it was a good game. Uh, I, I think, like we said last week, and like RP emphasized too, the key right now is just getting everybody healthy. Um, you know, we were kind of happy when it looked like, uh, you know, Capo, uh, Kako uh, Ka- uh, was going to be back, and, and uh, um, you know, so we, we and Heedle, who obviously is back, so, uh, you know, we were kind of happy that it looked like we were going to have a full lineup. And now, like Scott said, we're going to have to uh, uh, sleep a little uneasily tonight until we hear what's up with Panarin and Kopp. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, you look at this team, and it's a young team, but they have a lot of veterans on them. But a lot of those veterans don't have a lot of playoff experience either. Um, you know, I look at guys like Panarin even and uh, Truba and uh, – you know, some of the other guys, they don't have a lot of playoff experience. So I think, um, you know, when I think it's a wash, whether it's Pittsburgh or Washington, but that's probably the more advantageous uh, matchup for the Rangers. And, uh, you know, I hope I'm not jinxing it by saying that, but, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, that, that series will be a good one for uh, these players with, without a lot of playoff experience and obviously the young kids who have none uh, to kind of cut their teeth on, uh, you know, what playoff games are like against an opponent that may not be as tough as a Boston or a Tampa or, uh, you know, someone like that. So I think they're set up pretty good. You just, you know, the key right now is, is Panarin uh, going to be healthy is cop going to be healthy? We're going to have a full lineup. And, you know, for me, that's really what matters uh, between now and the first game next week, whether it's Tuesday or Wednesday. So we'll keep our fingers crossed about that. Yeah. Um, do you want to expand on the, uh, the the recipient of the McDonald Award to Chris Carter? I mean, rightfully deservingly so. But after, you hey. know, he's a player who's been there for a, a decade strong watching other Ranger players get it. What are your thoughts as far as him being the recipient of the award? And we'll go to Scott. You know, I take that award very seriously, uh, as the players do on this team, as ha- and as they have traditionally. Uh, you look at the guys who have won it, Callahan, um, uh, uh, you know, like we said, Zuccarello won it, Gravy won five times. Um, this team, obviously, this organization takes this award very seriously, as do I. Um, 
And when I looked, I actually voted online, and when I looked up and down the roster, I voted for Kreider. I mean, you know, there were probably a couple of other guys that you could uh, uh, give that award to, but I don't believe he's won it before. Uh, and you could see really in the uh, uh, second and in the first intermission when they spoke to him, uh, you know, how uh, how just emotional he was about winning that award. And, uh, um, you know, I remember a lot of nights being in the garden when I had my season tickets, watching that award, watching them uh, wheel Stephen McDonald out to, to present the award. Uh, I remember Connor uh, as a kid. Uh, coming out, and uh, now I, I, I think it was great that he was honored. Uh, he deserved it this year. He deserved it for uh, pretty much his, his tenure with the Rangers, so I was uh, really very happy to see him win it. I think he deserved it. All right, cool. Let's go to Scott. Your thoughts. And, yeah, and as far as the Crowder, it was just it came up to mind. It even try to throw it in your face, God. That, not intentionally <laughs> as far as the Crowder thing. But uh, your thoughts on the, like the said, order, and also what are your thoughts on that Boston game in, in particular? And I know you were really giddy as far as the cop, uh, hat trick in the first period in uh, uh, against the <laughs> Islanders on Thursday. So what were your thoughts on all these games, man? Um, all right. Well, first things first, the uh, Stephen McDonald Award. Uh, yeah, um, you know, you guys have been um, – uh, you know, it really brings out how old we are because I remember, you know, in late mid late eighties, whenever it started, um, you know, when, when he was first shot and started to be honored with it. Um, you know, I remember from way back in the day and yeah, like you said, Glenn, you know, Graves, Dubinsky, Callahan, Zuccarello. When you look at the mm-hmm. history of the guys who won it, uh, just heart and soul, meat and potatoes, effort every night, every shift, balls out, uh, effort, guys. So for Kreider to join the ranks of that elite heart and soul uh, award, is it's, it's great. I mean, it's what we've been saying all year, um, that if he could just put in, you know, we knew he had the talent, we knew he could put in the effort, um, and if he could just do it on a nightly basis instead of, you know, two out of every five games, three out of every five games, um, this would happen. You know, 52 goals would happen, and he would be rewarded with this, which was absolutely well-deserved. Uh, great to see it. It's just an all-around phenomenal year. Um, so very thrilled for him, very happy for him. And, um, yeah, I, I don't really see anybody else uh, that I would rather give it to uh, in this year either. So congratulations to him. Uh, definitely well-earned, well-deserved, absolutely. Um, all right, so on a game-by-game basis, uh, yeah, it was finally nice to slay the slay the dragon that is the New York Islanders. That was just a complete uh, domination. Uh, yeah, the, the you know the cop memes were flying after that first period. Um, you know, and the game was more or less over in the first period. The Islanders came out strong in the second. Uh, they got one quick. Um, you know, definitely right back in the game, two-goal game. Uh, probably put in about eight or nine solid minutes. Rangers weathered the storm and then put the dagger in uh, by the end of that period, which was nice. Um, and then the third period wasn't wasn't really in doubt. They exchanged goals, big deal. Um, so that was nice to see. Um, we're now a perfect 2-0 and lifetime in that arena, which is beautiful. <laughs> um, the Boston game, you know, they whatever. They were riding a four-game win streak. They had to lose eventually. Boston is still fighting tooth or nail, uh, tooth or nail for, uh, for the, you know, division of Boston. You know, we're going to see them most likely in a wild-card spot. Does not make them any less dangerous. 
uh, of anyone else. I mean, all eight, I think it was the first time ever, uh, all eight Eastern Conference teams uh, have 100 points. I don't think that's ever happened before. I um, saw the graphic yesterday. So, you know, 100 points uh, could get you a division win, could get you the eighth seed. Uh, you know, as we see here, so it doesn't make Boston any less dangerous of a team. That's again, that's why I was saying I would rather play play Pittsburgh or Washington in the first than, than Boston. Um, so big deal. You know, they they had to lose eventually. They lost, and tonight, as we talked about, they showed great heart in the third period, coming back from four one as they've been doing all year long, showing great heart in, in the third period, especially without two massive guns, uh, you know, at their disposal and Cop and Panarin, as we talked about. So you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, as far as back-to-back losses, I'm not upset about that. My only concern in life right now is, uh, you know, tomorrow's report on Cop and Panarin. That's literally all I care about. Um, you know, like we said, they really haven't had uh, a losing streak uh, at all this year. Um, and, you know, tomorrow night, uh, you know, I'm fine with them just taking their foot completely off the gas for the next two games. I mean, they'll be Montreal is Montreal. Uh, yeah, they're going to get your game tomorrow night, I would assume. And I would assume, regardless of what the prognosis is, we probably won't see Copper. But I don't want to see Copper and Canary tomorrow. Hopefully they're both listed, you know, that we get the announcement tomorrow, they're fine. I still don't want to see them, either of them. Cop was obviously, hopefully, it's just... We know with Cop, it was just he wasn't quite ready yet, a little stiffness, whatever. They took him out. Hopefully it's that, and if that's the case, he better not be playing tomorrow night. And hopefully Panarin, the same thing. Maybe it's just a little discomfort, and, you know, they decided to shut him down, uh, in which case I'm fine with shutting him down uh, for the next two games. Whatever. Uh, again, we can speculate all night long. So it, it'll be what it'll be tomorrow, but I don't want to see either of them tomorrow night, regardless of what the prognosis is. Um, and that's where we are. And now, uh, you know, hopefully, like we said, we haven't really slumped at all. I don't think they've, they haven't lost three in a row all year long. Again, it doesn't matter, but there's really no better matchup to cure a two-game losing streak than Montreal. So, uh, you know, even minus our big hmm. guns and our backup goalie should win tomorrow. But, again, if we don't, we don't. Who cares? Um, and then I'd like, to see, I'd like to see them finish strong against Washington just to go out on a good note. But it doesn't really matter either way for that either. Um, and again, we'll see who will be out of the lineup. Uh, we can now actually finally rest some players. We'll be, you know, obviously those two, uh, give Kreider a rest, give Fox a rest. Um, so, you know, that's where we are and let's get in playoff mode. <laughs> They've earned it. Yeah, you're right about that. They've definitely earned it. You're right. Hey, Carl, you see this? Uh, the whole season, man. Give us your analysis, man, up until this point, man. And then if well, if you have any thoughts on the Chris Carter uh, season and as far as his recipient of the uh, Stephen Donald Award, feel free to sign off on that, too. Yeah, I definitely want to give a shout-out to Kreider for winning that award. You know, it's well-deserved. You know, he's been on this team now, what, nine years? I just I keep remembering him coming out of college and coming – his first NHL game being in the playoffs that year, I think it was in 2012. So, you know, he's had – Let's just say he's run the gamut um, through all these years, especially with the fans. You know, the, he's an immensely talented player that we all thought had incredible potential, but for whatever reason, you know, it just just didn't um, didn't didn't play itself out. You know, it took you know nearly ten years basically to finally you know get you know, get him to have a year like he's currently having. And so, you know, you can only just hope that it continues into the postseason. That's what we would all hope. You know, we don't want what we, what 
I would refer to as a Rick Nash-itis. I'll just refer, I'll just leave it at that. You guys can kind of take a guess as to what that might mean. Um, <laughs> as far as, as far as the season goes, That's I remember when I last joined you guys. Yes. I remember when I last joined you guys before the break, you know, we were sort of having a, a discussion uh, about whether or not the Rangers were as good as their record had indicated. And there were a lot of metrics at the time, this is before the trade deadline, you know, that said, hey, listen, the Rangers were sort of playing over their head. And they were playing over their head. I have no problem admitting that. Um, but since the trade deadline and the moves that were made, the play, if you just watch them game to game, and I know all of you guys have, the game is much crisper now than it was in October, November, December, and even January. You can just see it on the ice. The, the shot suppression, the, the controlling of the puck, the, the possession in the offensive zone, uh, the, the, the not I – mean, let me make sure I'm saying this correctly – the not so over-reliant on Shaskirkin's performance to guide you to victories, meaning that the team can play well and, Shaskirkin, and Igor can just do his part as opposed to Igor basically having to steal games for the Rangers. And I thought during the first, let's say, 40 games of the season when it looked like, you know, he might have been the MVP of the league at that point, that he was stealing games that the Rangers probably should not have won. But as it played out, as time has gone on, as the team got more depth, the play improved. And you just, as, as things kind of stabilized themselves, the Rangers became a, a much better team. And going into the postseason now, you just, you know, it's, you know, it's a lucky, hey, listen, the postseason, it's just, I don't want to say it's a, it's a crapshoot when it comes to a, a postseason series, but there's a lot of, you get the wrong matchup and, you know, goalie has a bad week. Don't, you know, things just tend to happen. It's just, it's just, it just works out that way. And whether they get Pittsburgh or Washington, um, I would prefer the Pittsburgh angle of this. Though part of me, and there's a big part of me that thought about this this week, I feel like now that we're about a year from this from this happening, I feel like I need some closure on this Tom Wilson situation that <laughs> happened right around this point of the season last year. Mm-hmm. I feel like there, there's some closure that needs to happen with that particular situation. And whether or not they get Washington or not, we won't know until, you know, after Friday night. But that is definitely, uh, definitely in my mind. And as far as tonight's game goes, you know, it's very hard to evaluate these last set of games when you mm-hmm. take into account, as you guys have just mentioned it, the aspect of, okay, how do we, how do we try to chase first place while at the same time protecting ourselves and ensuring ourselves from the bigger prize, which is the postseason and keeping guys healthy. And I, and it's a, it's a very delicate balance. And from that standpoint, you know, whether, whether you want to take much from the game tonight, I know that Panarin had to go out, cop had to eventually go out. Um, there is an issue of making sure the guys that are not healthy, make sure that they are healthy eight days from now or seven days from now, you know, and in whatever capacity that is. And clearly the coach is going to lie about injuries because he, he's been doing it basically all season. So who knows what you're going to get out of him uh, in, in terms of that. And you just, you just, you, all we're hoping for is a, is a good showing here. You know, the month of May is in, in, in terms of what's going on is, is wide open for the Rangers to really just sort of be a, an integral part of the town and, and have, you know, two months here where perhaps every other night for the next 60 days, can just be a very, very fun time. 
And I think all of us have been waiting a very long time for this, and we can't wait to get it going in about seven or eight days. Right on. Absolutely. Uh, I won't take too much of you guys' times because uh, I think you guys highlighted where we are up to this point. I am a little bit concerned as far as the health. It's out of out of nowhere. It just seems like after the Penguin game with Tyler Mott, uh, Panarin Cop, uh, and then of course Capacaco trying to get him back on the ice. You know, we had a. I mean, the depth is still pretty good. I just liked it how it was, especially after the trade deadline, where it really convinced a lot of us that this is probably a great chance to make a huge run, despite a heavily contested Eastern Conference with a lot of these teams are very good. I think we have as good a chance as anybody. But now some of these injuries are starting to mount up, and I'm with all of you guys as far as getting everybody healthy as possible. Because at one point when we were healthy as possible, it felt like we just just couldn't lose. Our our starting goalie, our backup goalie, playing phenomenal hockey at the same time. I am a little worried, so I'm going to go back to you, RP, because it's more about I don't know the timetable. You're probably more in the the, uh, the weeds of – who is where, what on the injury status of Tyler Ma? You know, we got to find out about Panarin, and we talked about Cop and Capricato. But in the event, yes, sir, whoever said that? I didn't oh, hear that. Oh, yeah, that was, I'm sorry, I just got, uh, can I interrupt real quick? Uh, because I just got an update from the score app uh, that Gallant said uh, he could, they both could have come back. He kept them out for precautionary uh-huh. reasons. So we can, <laughs> we can exhale okay. a little bit right there. Continue as you are. Don't oh. believe it. Ooh, ooh. Don't believe yeah. that's, that's true. In Rangers speak, that, in Rangers speak, that means week to week. <laughs> I'm just yeah, watching right, him right, on right. the post game. I'm trying to read lips, but I can't read lips. So I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> so let me it's ask you. So let me yeah, go, to, let me, go ahead, RP. Go ahead, please. No, I was going to say. No, my question to you. you know, the, I was going to say my question yeah. to you as far as the health. How now that you've seen everybody at full strength? What are your your best lines, like how would you play your your second and your third lines when considering everybody's healthy? Because all we talked about this, a lot of combinations interchangeable, health or health not. How do you like the you know you like the good draw on the wing? You like them at the third line center? How you like when Kevin Rooney's come back? How do you like everybody where they are right now as far as yeah, shit? like how would you like where, the, where do you where do you put? I, I think the I like <laughs> it's such a tough one. I really like. Cop with Strom and Panarin. I that line just has a lot of energy. Um, Toronto seems to have cooled off a little bit on the first line, which isn't too super unsurprising. With Zabanajan uh, and Kreider, so do you put Kako up there? Do you move Lafreniere back up there? But Lafreniere's been playing pretty well on the third line with Goodrow. I don't know if Kako's going to be a hundred percent. He's missed a lot of hockey games. And the intensity is going to quadruple next week. What has he played? Two games in the last 36, 37? I just don't know what the injuries are and what's going on with them, whether than upper body or lower body. But whatever it was, it had to be pretty severe for him to miss 31 games. And then what did he play? He played two or three games, scored two goals, and now we've missed two games again. I would anticipate Conklin not being 100% in the playoffs. That's just my opinion. So... The Rangers may have to keep, you know, Vitrano up on the first line, which isn't a bad thing, but he's obviously cooled off. Their second line is playing lights out. I love Lafreniere with Goudreau. 
He's been playing really well. He's been scoring goals. He looks very comfortable there. And you need every line to be successful in the playoffs. doesn't matter if you're the first, second, third, or even the fourth at this stage. In the Rangers' fourth line, I expected Reeves to be much more aggressive than he's shown. I don't know if he's trying to score more or be more offensively productive, but I want to see the Reeves that played with the Golden Knights a couple of years ago when they came into the league because that's what the Rangers need. They, that fourth line needs to intimidate the other lines on the other team. So to answer your question, Steve, I'm, I'm really not quite sure because I really don't know if Kako, where he's going to be. And if he's not in there, it kind of moves their whole line around other than the second line. So you have to wait it out. Um, you know, Gutierrez and McKay played over the weekend with, with the other injuries, but I don't anticipate you seeing them anymore this season unless Gallant also just tweeted out, well, he was just reportedly saying that now that this whole first place thing is over with, it changed, already changed his idea of who and where to play the next two games. So he might start sitting guys. You might see some recalls coming up. We'll have to wait till tomorrow morning and see what the coaching staff does with that. All right. Shout out to RP. Let's go back to Glenn. Glenn, do you have anything you want to say to RP, Scott, or Carl, or myself, uh, as far as the line combinations and just to get everybody healthy? Anything else on your mind? Um, with this, uh, the last stretch of games, uh, pretty much, I guess it's all about the health. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think we've seen in the last few games uh, the the talent of uh, Lafreniere. Uh, he he made a, a great uh, play on, uh, I think it was against the Islanders, scoring a goal, uh, going through a defenseman. He did it again tonight, although he didn't score a goal. Uh, he's seeming real confident and, and comfortable uh, on the, back on his uh, natural position on the left side. So I would probably be a little reluctant to – to throw him back up on the first line again. Uh, you know, I, I've said for weeks with uh, with Kako that, you know, if it was a wrist injury or an arm injury, you know, sometimes those take till the next year for, for the player to really get back to where he was. So, um, you know, it was great to see him score those couple of goals when he came back, but now he's out again. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to play at least one of the next two games, uh, get his legs under him again. Um so, yeah, it's really a question. Like RP said, Vetrano's kind of, you know, slowed down a little bit, although he, he made a great play on that uh, on the Kreider goal, uh, just led him perfectly. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of in flux right now. And I guess, uh, you know, if it is true that Kopp and, and uh, Panarin are going to be back, uh, you know, maybe we won't see them for the next two games. Uh, you know, let them rest, let them recuperate, whatever uh, the issues were. Because uh, these these next games, as the guys have been saying, don't really matter anyway. So uh, you know, I think it's really hard to say until we get to Monday, uh, see who's healthy, who's not, um, and uh, you know, kind of go from there. We've talked about you know not really wanting to have Goodrow on on the fourth line. I know Steve, you, you've mentioned that too. Um, he may wind up up there. Uh, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. But uh, I don't think we're really going to know until Monday. Uh, where we see uh, everything, where everything falls. So, um, you know, I, I, I think we're just going to have to wait till then and see how it plays out. What is, so what are your thoughts also, Glenn, before we go to Scott, and if you have anything you want to ask Scott, who's next, 
when you look at Carolina, we seen them. We talk. It seems like we're talking about them all year round because after games or you know a game on you know Friday or two post games this year versus the Hurricanes, it seemed like when we played them, they beat us all different type of ways this year. Like it seems like this game versus the last game where the Rangers were more aggressive in the previous game, and then this game their penalty kill smothered us when trying to cross the blue line in, on attack. You know they did it yeah. in different ways. Is it? What is it about them? You know, I, I don't even want to overlook our first round opponents, so I don't want to get to that because Scott made a good point because that they're later down the line. But eventually, if we happen to get past them, you know, the first round, whoever it may be, wh- how do we play against this? Because they've kind of had our way, their way a little bit against us, except for one game. I think the game before the yeah, no, break, I think. It, it, no, you're right, Steve. I mean, we talked about the first two games where Carolina just flew by everybody. I mean, they were just relentless. Um, I think we talked about, you know, how how they played the way their coach played, just relentless up the ice and just blowing by everybody. I mean, the number of shots, uh, even tonight. I don't, I don't know. You know, tonight was a, a little more, uh, you know, defensive kind of game. I thought there were a couple of calls that – you know, could have gone the Rangers' way if we got the power play out there another time or two that, you know, that might have kind of made a difference and changed the way the game played out. Uh, but, yeah, the last two games, uh, you know, they played a little more defensively. The Rangers played a little more aggressive, uh, which shows that they're a good team and they can beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, but even so, with the game, like we said, they were really uh, clamping down on the Rangers. Uh, I don't know what the final shot number was. RP probably does. But they had 29 shots at the end of the second period. So, you know, it was still a matter where they were getting their shots. And, uh, uh, you know, I didn't think Igor played badly. Uh, the fourth goal, you know, went off uh, a foot. Uh, the the third goal, he seemed not to be very happy with the Teravainen uh, goal. Uh, where Nemeth kind of went down and cut off the pass, but you know, I mean, that's the rule of thumb. The defenseman takes the uh, the the off guy and and give the goalie the shooter. And Teravainen just made a good play, kept it on the stick, and you know, snuck it over uh, Igor's shoulder. And Igor just kind of dropped to his knees, dropped his stick, looked up at the ceiling, and uh, seemed like he wasn't happy with that goal. But uh, you know, I mean, I thought it was a uh, you know a, a closely contested game. Uh, that got a little out of hand uh, early in the third, and then the Rangers, you know, stormed back and tried to get back into it and just ran out of time. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, if we want to say, well, you know, Carolina is, uh, you know, really better than the Rangers and everything, I mean, I'll I'll think back to 94 when the Rangers went 6-0 and against the Devils, and uh, we went into that series, although I remember being afraid of losing to the Devils, uh, you know, you felt pretty confident that we beat them uh, six times during the regular season. And that was uh, turned out to be a, a death struggle that was, to me, still the best playoff series I've ever witnessed. So, uh, you know, just because they seem to have had the better of us, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. for the regular season games. And, and I would say the same thing with us in Pittsburgh. Just because we've had our way with Pittsburgh doesn't mean that wouldn't be a tough series. So, uh, you know, playoffs are, as we all know, Playoffs are totally different. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot different when you play a team uh, on a Tuesday night that you haven't played in a while. But when you're playing a team five, six, seven games and you have a, a chance to game plan, it, it's just a totally different thing. So, um, so you know, I mean, if, if it comes down to uh, if the Rangers get out of the first round and play Carolina in the second round, which, you know, we're hoping 
uh, will be the case unless uh, somebody could knock off uh, Carolina, which I doubt, uh, whether that's Washington or Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, we'll probably see them again. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to, you know, see how they how we game plan them, how they play against us, and it'll just be, I'm sure, a lot of adjustments on the side of, of both teams and both coaches. Anything you want to ask Scott, uh, get his thoughts on, 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 on the roster or coming up as far as playoffs or anything else? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I'll, I'll echo what you said. Uh, you know, what do you think, Scott, about the, uh, uh, you know, did they take Vetrano off the first line uh, and uh, replace him with somebody else? What did they do with the bottom six, uh, assuming everybody's healthy? Uh, what do you think they should do? Well, uh, well, first of all, before I answer that, let me just say you completely stole my thunder because I swear I was thinking when Steve asked, uh, you know, if we beat Carolina, how is that, uh, you know, they pretty much had our number. I swear I was immediately thought of 94 when we just tore yep. through the Devils all regular season long, and then yep. obviously <laughs> we were down 2 nothing in game six that close. Uh, Sorry to, about uh, that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> How great, great minds think alike. That's okay. Yep, you yep, already okay. stole it, fair and square. Right. <laughs> now, as far as as far as the lineup, the only lineup change I would really like to see, I would like to see Brzezinski uh, get more time in fact, just flat out replace Dryden Hunt. I don't understand what yeah. what uh, mm-hmm. the love affair he's got with Dryden Hunt when Brzezinski is clearly better in every aspect of the, of the game. But beyond that. Um, I don't really see any lineup changes. I mean, assuming, you know, knock on wood, that the the cop and Panarin are, are, are back for the playoffs. And I think whoever made the point of uh, what what are we going to see from Kako if he's back, that, yeah, we, we unfortunately might have to consider, uh, you know, life in, in this play, playoff season anyway. Um, you know, without, without Kako, because like whoever mentioned that, uh, who did say that? RP, was that you? Yes, it was. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, like, you know, if he, if he does, you know, come back and it's healthy, because they say he's getting close and whatnot, uh, what are we going to see out of him uh, as far as the intensity? Because he does not have a lot of, uh, uh, of, of gameplay over the past couple of months, and all of a sudden he's going to dive into playoff hockey at Madison Square Garden, so, which he's never done before. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's a big question mark. But hopefully <clears throat> that's a good problem to have uh, for Gallant and, and, and the team because, you know, as far as uh, too many players, that's always a good problem to have. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but, yeah, I would like to see uh, Brodzinski back in there because I thought he was very impressive uh, in the bottom six. Um, and, and Dryden Hunt is just not impressive. And I would, I would also want to second uh, about, uh, about Reeves. I mean, we, we, we had talked about this in past weeks uh, because, you know, we got Reeves and people were expecting, uh, you know, Ty Domi and we're expecting a fight every, every, every night. <laughs> um, you know, I've been happy with, with, with basically, and my opinion was that we didn't bring Reeves in to fight. We brought him in so he didn't have to fight because it was open season on the team all year long um, for several years, actually, because, uh, um, you know, both A.V. and Quinn both had a, not that they really had the personnel to do anything about it, but they both pretty much had a, uh, you know, don't defend yourself kind of attitude. Uh, and it was open season on the Rangers for years. And that's what he was brought into. And, and you know, between him and Goodrow and, um, and, and well, and, and Blais for the brief time that we had him, um, you know, and, and that kind of, you know, confidence 
knowing that they had those tough guys out there pretty much filtered to the entire lineup and everyone was really, you know, playing with that tough ass chip on their shoulder a little bit. And I think that stems from Ryan Reeves, you know, whether he drops the gloves or not, just, just his presence really toughened up the entire team. Um, but yeah, I think there, there are a couple instances where, you know, you brought him in to respond to something like that. And there was, you know, it kind of happened again um, with that scrum toward the end of the second period in which Adam Fox, of all people, was getting in there to lay down the wall. Obviously, he can't jump off the bench and, and um, you know, he can't come off the bench and get in there. But, you know, on his next shift is where he has to make some kind of statement, you know. And, you know, he really didn't do that. Um, so, yeah, I don't need to see Reeves drop the gloves every night. But, you know, if there's a questionable error, whether it's questionable or not, if somebody's picking on somebody, uh, especially a guy like Zvazichad, uh, you know, one of our big, big guns, you know, he needs to do something to, to respond and, and, you know, let let Carolina know, like, you know, these guys are off limits. That, that is what he was there for. It doesn't necessarily mean a fight, but I think in this instance, uh, you know, a fight wouldn't have been out of the question. And, you know, that, that, that aspect of it, there have been a few incidents, one earlier in the season, I can't pinpoint it, but a couple of instances where I would have liked to have seen him fight um, and he didn't. But beyond that, he's doing a pretty good job of uh, at least it's definitely noticeable how much less we're getting targeted. Um, you know, Carolina came, you know, had, had a goal in mind. They were, gonna, they were coming out of this game uh, with the division crown. Give them credit. They had the intensity. Uh, you know, they got physical to do it, and, and, you know, that was their game. But that doesn't mean we have to, you know, sit down and take it and get roughed up. So I would have liked to have seen Reeves done a little more, uh, you know, to respond to the end of that second period. But beyond that, I've been very happy with Reeves on this team in that fourth line. Um, and the job Drury did in shoring up those third and fourth lines. And I think that that toughness has permeated pretty much to the entire lineup, knowing that they have those guys there now. Um, you, you know, the, the physicality is definitely there. You know, for, for, for years, while the Rangers were getting pushed around, we were complimenting the Islanders' fourth line as, as probably the best fourth line in hockey. And, and definitely, uh, you know, a huge key to the success that they had the last three years, which thankfully they don't have this year. But, uh, you know, it all stems from that. And that's why, you know, I, I remember saying last year that I think the bottom six is just as important, if not more important, than the top six. Um, and, and I think that's why the Rangers are playing so much better, um, you know, the last couple months. Um, you know, it, it was – echoed again on this call that the same thing um, that we were discussing the last couple of weeks and that they're not winning games now the, the same the way that they were winning in the first half of the season. It's no longer the Igor show. It doesn't have to be the Igor show. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're not getting outshot by 15 shots and somehow coming out with more goals. They're actually outplaying teams uh, in, in the last couple of months. And, it's, you know, that, that's where that pretty much put us all over the line as far as, uh, you know, this team actually does have a shot at, you know, really great. I'm going to choose my words carefully because uh, I am very superstitious. But this, this team does have an act, a, a, a legit shot uh, to go deep and, 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 and make something happen. This is no longer, you know, I, I'm going to say the same exact phrase that I've said for the last couple of weeks. I'm going to say it again. This is no longer a team that's just happy to be back in the playoffs. This is a team that's happy to uh, compete just like anybody else going, including Florida, including Carolina, including Colorado. Uh, this is a team that, that uh, wants to be able to compete with them. And, and I have 
I don't see any reason why they can't. So, um, and I think that all stems from the uh, the building up of the third and fourth lines and, and adding that physicality. Uh, those guys that can chew up minutes and 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 wear down other uh, the the other teams and come out with loose pucks and win battles, draw penalties, uh, and that frees up the first and second lines to go get those goals. And that's what's been happening in the last couple months, and that is definitely a different team uh, than the first forty fifty games of the year. All right, now Scott, do you have anything you want to ask Carl? Um. Oh, okay. It was Carl. Yeah, yeah, Carl. So you, you were the one that 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 uh, that I believe said that. That's you. You said exactly what I said last week, uh, which I just kind of like paraphrased, and you know, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, saying that we're not relying on Igor and whatnot. Um, I'm kind of on the spot here. Uh, well, I'll I'll extend you the same um, the same. Uh, question that Glenn asked me and then what do you what do you any any lineup changes uh that you would like to see in any of the lines uh as we move to the playoffs um anybody that uh, you'd like to see pull their weight a little more well if I think about it and I think this is going to be more matchup dependent right starting next week depending on the opponent because I feel like I feel like the idea of the Pittsburgh Washington matchup whichever one you want to pick is going to be a choice between whether or not you want to put 12 skilled players on four lines out there or if you want to play what I refer to as the tough guy game, right? Because I feel like the only way Pittsburgh can win is if they basically um, muddy up the game. I think you guys remember the last time the Rangers and the Penguins met in the playoffs, not the year that they – it was the year Mm -hmm. the Rangers got to the conference final. It was the year the Rangers beat them, I think it was four games to one in that series. And every game was pretty much close. But Pittsburgh really should not have been as, as close as they were in that series. And the reason for that was because Pittsburgh decided they were just going to drag the game into the gutter. And because of playoff officiating being what it is, you know, it allows teams that don't have as much talent to basically take a more talented team and drag them along with it and play this sort of weird game where you – you know, you don't get the separation that you normally get. And I keep wondering now, and I've been thinking about the last, like, two weeks, like, should the Rangers put, uh, put a, an all-skill lineup out on the ice and just try to basically run these guys off the ice, essentially? Or is there a physicality aspect to this that needs to be implemented depending on the opponent? Because, like, for instance, the Tom Wilson thing, is, as, you know, we've been talking about for about a year now, you know, do the Rangers have to, quote-unquote, match up with with him, meaning match up toughness with toughness. I don't believe that myself, but I can see where the team would get sucked into that. And so I'm, I'm you know, we've got seven days to really figure out how, the, you know, we want to go with this. You guys can even chime in here and see what you guys think about about that. But I feel like the, the Rangers can outskate both of these teams if they just decide that they want to input, implement a lineup that just does that but I don't know that they're going to go down that road. And then, of course, the, the, the third back pairing of defensemen, um, Schneider, he's done very well this season. There's no question about it. His, his, his running mate, I'm not so sure about. You know, the, that, the, between that Nemeth-Braun situation, that's going to have to figure itself out. That might just go game to game in the postseason, um, and we'll just sort of see how that goes. Because I always looked at the postseason as that, Half the guys in the lineup are just not going to play well. Half there's another like portion of the guys that are going to be playing okay, and then there's going to be like four guys that are like are really shining above everybody else. That's usually kind of how I've always looked at the postseason. 
you would love to get balanced scoring, but unless your team is like, you know, Tampa Bay of, you know, the last two years, you're probably not going to get that. So there's going to be slump, some fluctuation in performance that that's going to take place. It's just, it's just a matter of who those guys are. And so as we spring it ahead here, I'm, that's something that I'm, I'm looking at. Um, and I think the other thing too, you guys are talking about it with, with Carolina. Is it, I don't know if it's just me, but in watching all four of the games that they've played this season, at no point have I felt like Carolina has ever been on their heels against the Rangers. I thought mm-hmm. about it watching the game even tonight, and I felt as if the Rangers are in the game, but they're not really in the game, if you, and if you can kind of see what I mean by that. It's a, at no point did I feel Carolina was being pressured. At no point did I feel as if they were chasing the game. And in each of these games, even the game that the Rangers won, that game that they won 2 to nothing in Carolina, I felt as if the Rangers were, were still sort of chasing the game and sort of playing defensively and just happened to win. That Carolina can just can, – if, if both teams sort of just play at the, at, their, at the highest level that they can play, that Carolina's better. That a lot of things almost seem to have to go in the Rangers' favor in order for this to sort of be evened out. And in, there's been these different ways that these games have played out. And, you know, we're way ahead of ourselves. You know, that, that situation would not only would have to develop itself in a couple of weeks, but this, that, that thing just, just not, does not sit well with me. I remember telling, I think it was, I don't know if it was RPA, it was a show we did back in, I think, January or December, where I said I thought Carolina was the best team in the league and I thought they'd win the championship. I still believe that today, despite the goalie situation that they have. But, you know, that that Carolina thing, that matchup on its own compared to everybody else, that one just sticks out to me as something that I don't think the Rangers can crack. Do you think, Carl, because I think they have a a collective of centers, I, I just probably more balanced than we do, just by a little bit. It's been a little bit of question marks with our third and fourth line centers, and that kind of helps the bottom six on our end. But with their team, I mean, they, they, you know, you know, Sebastian Ayo, you got uh, Trocek out there. I think there's Stabang on the fourth line. You know, we're familiar with him, and he still could get a little bit of production with 13, 14 minutes of ice time. Do you think it's because of that? One, that's one of the aspects, and plus their top-notch penalty kill. They had a top goalie situation. I mean, they, they're just as balanced, if not as as much as us. And then also they got gutter guys too, Nita Ryder and Jesper Fast, we're all familiar with. Uh, they do a lot of dirty work for them around the centers. What are your thoughts on that? Is is it? Is this because of the roster makeup per se, or what else? How you also look into it, especially with the numbers and the analytics? Well, discipline, talent, and not playing above yourself. Those are the three things mm-hmm. I think about whenever I watch them play. They're not. The, I, I always, I, as you watch, as I watch Carolina, I don't feel as if they are overwhelming you with talent. I don't feel as if they're just sort of lining up guys and they're just racing past you. You know, this that's. That's as I watch them play. That's not really what's kind of going on here. Like they'll get dirty, and I feel like, and I feel I'm, I think this is going to start coming up next week. I keep wondering whether the Rangers want to get dirty enough in some of these games. That there is a finesse part of the aspect of the of the makeup of the team that is just part of their DNA, and that sometimes against certain opponents. You know what? It's never. It's not going to be pretty. 
you're not going to be able to make the tic-tac-toe pass. You're not going to be able to get the, the two-line pass and just sort of, you know, move the, move, move the puck on offense the way you want to. Sometimes it's just going to have to be greedy. And there is a, a buy-in to that against, you know, that you just sort of have to just concede and say, you know what, it's not going to be the way we want to have it done tonight. We're going to have to, against this particular team, we're going to have to, to, to sort of not muck it up, but, you know, get in the dirty areas and, and, and just, you know, sell out to, to do what needs to be done. And, you know, they can probably get away with it against Pittsburgh. They can definitely get away with it against them. Washington, I'm pretty sure they could probably get away with it. But against that particular team, mm-hmm. that is where I wonder whether or not, you know, Carolina just – they have more guys that can do that than the Rangers. And, I you know, I'll, 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 I wish you guys – yeah, I'd love to have you guys sort of comment on that if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please. Uh, RP, if you could comment on that, and I know it's getting late. If you want to get anything else, we'll, we'll come back to you on final thoughts on top of that as well, RP, if you have anything, anything else you'd like to add, and this, if you want to expand on Carl's thoughts, and then that leaves well, people, people get final thoughts from Glenn and, and Scott and Carl. I I think that the Hurricanes are what you would say a complete hockey team. They, they don't need to have that flashy superstar. They, they're an even-balanced team from top to bottom, and on top of that, they they have the Rangers number right now. The other thing you have to realize is there are eight teams in the Eastern Conference with all over 100 points, and only one of them are going to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's a real tight conference. It's anyone's to me. It's anyone's shot at making it to you know out of the conference and, and winning three rounds and and getting there. You know the hot goalie, as we see saying, Keith. He's normally the one that will carry the team. Uh, you know, Steve Valaket said it best the other day. When Chesterkin is on his game, he's very tough to beat four out of seven times. And I think you're going to see Chesterkin's best hockey have to come when the playoffs start. It's something he's been looking forward to since he was in the KHL and coming up to the Rangers, real playoff hockey. So, uh, but, but with the Hurricanes, you know, I mean, they, they've lost the teams. It's not like they, they've been perfect and, and undefeated. But we have seen in, in years past certain teams have our number. It used to be the Islanders. At one time it was the Flyers that no matter what the record was, the Rangers just couldn't beat them. And right now it, it's the Hurricanes. But, you know, when it's all said and done, what are they, six points better than the Rangers? It, it's nothing dramatic. It's nothing that they can't overcome, but Carolina has played very well against us, even though we have one win. And, and and he was right. They never seem to be on their heels when they play the Rangers. They never seem – the game never seems to be in doubt. They have a confidence level that is extremely high. But to be honest, I don't count today's game, and I know that sounds crazy because I felt all along there wasn't a – intensity in that hockey game after they announced Carter won the Craft Award. I I just didn't feel it from the beginning. I didn't feel it from the get-go. And I think Carolina felt that too, and that's why they were able to easily take advantage of the Rangers physically and on the scoreboard. So, you know, we're going to have to let the playoff hockey do the talk and see when and if the time comes that they meet the Hurricanes again in the, in the playoffs. It's, it's a long road to get there, so we're just going to have to see what happens, and right now just focus on the Capitals or the, the Penguins. Uh, as for me signing off, Steve, just keep reading my articles. 
on Empire Sports Media, Forever Blue Shirts, Ranger Proud on Twitter and Facebook. I'll be having a playoff preview on one of those two sites once we know for sure who will be playing in the first round. And uh, I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Sounds like a plan. Ranger Proud. Thanks, RP. Uh, let's get Glenn's final thoughts and then go to Scott and then Carl and then we'll wrap up. Uh, Glenn, your final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with uh, a lot of what Carl said uh, about uh, in any of these four games, didn't really feel like the Rangers ever had uh, Carolina on their heels or, or in any kind of trouble. Uh, I hope Carl mm-hmm. is on if the Rangers get through the first period when we uh, are set to play against Carolina so we can go into that a little bit further. Uh, but uh, the uh, one thing I'd like to mention uh and it's more of a, a league thing, uh, is to uh, go about 400 miles north of Madison Square Garden and uh, just mention the passing of uh, Guy Lafleur. Um, right. Now, I've, I've seen players that I would say were better, you know, Gretzky, Mario, maybe some others. But I remember, uh, you know, his whole career. And, uh, boy, there was, there was not a more dynamic uh, player Um that Guy Lafleur, uh, you know, Gretzky, Mario, their their games were different. Uh, but I can remember so many times watching Guy Lafleur take the puck 200, 200 feet and uh, deposit it in the net uh, with that hair flowing and that speed. And uh, there was just something about him that was so exciting. Um, and uh, uh, I still feel that that, uh, that goal that he scored against Boston in game seven in 79 uh, when Boston got that too many men on the ice penalty, I still think that uh, that uh, uh, goal cost the Rangers the cup. Because if uh, if Montreal had not won that game, I think the Rangers would have would have won the cup that year because uh, they were on a pretty good roll. You guys may disagree with me, but uh, thinking back, I, I think that uh, the Rangers might have broken that drought a little bit earlier. And uh, just in closing, I want to. Uh, uh, tell you guys a, a quick story about Guy Lafleur. Uh, I remember when he was uh, the year he was with the Rangers, which I think was '88, '89, and uh, it was real exciting to have him here. I'll tell you, it was really a thrill. And uh, anyway, back then the Rangers used to have uh, fan club dinners, uh, and uh, I went to uh, a fan club dinner that year, uh, which is mm-hmm. was in some hotel in Midtown, and uh, there was uh, a Ranger at every table. And uh, I was uh, uh, so lucky to have uh, Jason Lafreniere at my table, <laughs> which uh, I don't know if you guys even remember him. He was kind of the Johnny Brzezinski of, uh, of the Rangers that year. Uh, I think he played about half the season. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, there was a, a, another guy, uh, a, a young defenseman who was a rookie that year by the name of Brian Leach, and I was determined – to get his autograph in, in my yearbook that year. So after the dinner was over, everybody's kind of milling around and, you know, whatever. And so I went on this mission to get uh, Leachy's uh, autograph in my yearbook. So uh, I, I went to the dinner that night with a girl that I was seeing at the time. Uh, I do get Leach's autograph in, in my yearbook. And uh, I look around, and she's nowhere to be found. So I'm kind of walking around looking for her. I look here, look there. Finally, I walk into the hotel bar. And she's sitting at the table having a drink with Guy Lafleur and Lucien Deblois. So, uh, so I go over. So I, I go over, sit down with them, talk a little bit. Uh, I say to Guy, 
uh, I think I'm going to tell you guys the story before. I say to Gee, you know, I really had a feeling in 79, you know, that the Rangers were going to uh, beat you guys. And he just looked at me and smiled and said, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, the topper the of that story is I grabbed his beer glass when, when they all left. I grabbed his beer glass. I still have it to this day, the, the glass that Guy LaFleur drank out of uh, in, uh, I guess it's uh, 33 years ago now. Uh, at the Ranger uh, fan club dinner. Uh, and uh, like I said, I still have it, and especially with his passing, uh, you know, it's a little more special. And I don't know if you guys uh, happened to see the ceremony that they uh, had for him in Montreal. I think it might have been Sunday night. Uh, I know Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada, uh, if you guys can find it, the whole half hour was about him. And uh, if you guys can find the ceremony in Montreal, I think it was Sunday night uh, that they had for him. Uh, you guys should try to uh, take a look at it because it, it was it was amazing. I mean, it was just amazing. And uh, from what I'm hearing, it's uh, you know they, they're going to have his uh, uh, he's going to be lying in state uh, the uh, at the uh, Bell Center uh, for a couple of uh, days uh, before the funeral, and they're going to have a big funeral and everything. I think on May 5th. So uh, his passing in Canada is like uh, a president's passing in, in a lot of countries. And I just wanted to. You know, by next week it'll be too late. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the great Gila Floor. Absolutely, great story, Glenn. Thank you very much. And you, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, there's so many Stanley Cups in that '70s period, man. It seemed like they won every year, man. Going back in the history, mm-hmm. watching that, man. Shout out to Glenn. And great story, man. Thank you, Scott. Your final thoughts? If you have any uh, final thoughts on our team, and then on the passing of Gila Floor, and then of course Carl. Well, my first final thought is, uh, Glenn, you just dropped the name Lucien Deblois. How do you like that? How do you like that? That is impressive. Next thing you know, you're going to be throwing (laughs) out uh, Pierre LaRouche and Rayo (laughs) Rutzelainen. Mario Marois. I think he's on that team, too, Mario (laughs) Marois. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I I, 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 (laughs) That's great. Um, Carol Alt. I'm sorry, Ron Greshner. Yeah. Carol would come in midway through the first period, kind of sashay down the aisle to her seats, and the whole crowd would be chanting, Carol, <laughs> Carol. I do remember that. And you know, with Sage, she was never in her seat for the game to start. It was always like 10 minutes into the first period. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's get her on TV, and then she can leave. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember when, when the Rangers got uh, Guy Lafleur. In fact, I, I think I brought this up in the past uh, when I go up to Montreal, my buddy, uh, when, when we come outside of the game and they have all the statues, the, the, the busts of the players, and I'll, and I'll go, hey, look, it's New York, Ranger, New York Rangers legend Guy Lafleur, and he gets all mad. <laughs> but, uh, so we, we, were, we, were, we were chatting about that, and he said, like, this is, this is enormous up there. <laughs> Uh, like, like, like the fact that uh, you know him dying is, is just uh, it, it's 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 a, it's a huge event up there um, <clears throat> because of his status. And I remember the Rangers getting him, which must have been like what eighty seven, eighty eight, somewhere in there. Yeah, eighty eight. So I was uh, so in eighty eight, I was twelve. So I, I didn't really I didn't really know who he was. I was a little too young mm-hmm. to appreciate his glory days. But I do remember it was a big deal because uh, I just remember hearing like the Rangers you know, just picked up like an absolute legend um, 
Yeah, you know, so it was a big deal. I just didn't really know, uh, you know, his backstory. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's very uh, tragic, uh, terrible event uh, there. You know, let, you know um, let me throw let me throw in here, Scott. Too, um, he had retired, if you remember, from uh, Montreal. He had a dispute with uh, the GM. I forget who it was, and he retired. I want to say in '85, um, and he came back with the Rangers after being out for three years, and he had already been elected to the Hall of Fame. He was a handful of a couple of players, I think Gordy Howe too, uh, who were actu- who actually played while they were in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's great. I, it sounds v- v- vaguely familiar, that fun fact, uh, but yep. uh, thank you for, for bringing that. that that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... So I will use the rest of my final thought uh, for uh, the TV and movie entertainment segment. Uh, One, uh, Glenn, they just announced three hours ago that uh, they have greenlit the Batman sequel. Awesome. um, It was was pretty much a a done deal. It's just now it's official. And, uh, Steve, I got one for you. If you are, uh, you know, I know you loved 1883. If you want to continue your uh, Western phase. Did you ever watch Deadwood on HBO? No, I don't think so. No, no. Because I um, well, if if you want a great western, um, I had I had watched it before, and I had uh, just got my girlfriend uh, watching it, and she fell in love with it. So you know, we watched the first couple episodes together. So obviously, um, that snowballed into me watching the entire series again, which uh, will happen. But yeah, if you want a great great western series, it's three seasons, and they just come out with a movie a couple years ago, which takes place like ten years later. Phenomenal show. Um, you know, HBO Max has it, Deadwood. Um, one of those shows uh, where, where it's, you know, one of those historical dramas where there are real real players in there. Uh, Wild, Bill Hick- Wild, Bill, Wild Bill Hickok is in the first season. And, and some of those guys, uh, the, you know, lesser names, uh, Sh- uh, Seth Bullock, the sheriff, he's a real guy. Al Swearing, in the, uh, the pub owner, he was a real guy. The, uh, the the Earp brothers, Wyatt and uh, whatever his brother's name, they show up later. So it's one of those shows that's based on actual events that that happened in that town, um, you know, and then with some, you know, fictional, you know, other storylines and characters thrown in for filler. Uh, absolutely phenomenal uh, Western on HBO. I'd forgotten how good of a show it was, and that's why after watching the first couple episodes, uh, I'm, you know, going through the series for another round. So, uh, and of course, anybody else, if they've ever watched uh, Deadwood, anybody, anybody has, uh, anybody has watched Deadwood? I have No, I, I remember the Carl series, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, it's one of those shows. It's one of those mid two thousands or earlier mid two thousand shows. So you see characters, you know, people that are like, you know, big stars now that that uh, that really weren't. That's one of the shows that you know got people their starts. But uh, Ian McShane plays the uh, the the saloon and brothel owner. Um, easily one of the top five best TV characters of all time. The guy is just. Uh, uh, just, I mean, he's just, he's just awful. You know, he's one of those just hateable, you know, but you love him so much because you hate him so much type of characters. Uh, yeah, great show. So that's, uh, that's what I got there for my final thoughts. Uh, if anybody's looking for a great Western, you got that, you got 1883, you got hell on wheels. Uh, also a great show on AMC. Um, and that's, uh, let's see, I'm done. Just wrote, just wrote it down. Playoffs. You already know. <laughs> you know, I'll follow, I'll follow even during the playoffs. Shout out to Scott. Uh, let's get Carl's final thoughts, and then we'll wrap up. 
you know, as we say goodbye here, yeah, I probably won't get a, a chance to, to address this until uh, we get into the postseason. But did you guys know that this season uh, is going to, mm-hmm. if it holds before, through Friday, the highest uh, goal-scoring average among the league in 26 years? And I bring that up because playoff officiating sucks. And it somehow makes <laughs> the best players not the best players for whatever reason. Holding, clutching grabbing, all that nonsense. And in the league where this season goal scoring has exploded throughout the league, the only people that can bring this down is poor officiating. Can we just let the best players play and be, and be officiated in the correct manner that we should expect it to be and not the idea of, well, they have to play through it. No, if they're penalties, let's call them, let the best players play. Connor McDavid should be able to play his normal game Kreider and everybody else that's going to be performing in the postseason next season. We have the, next week we have the best hockey players in the world. Let them play and not be dragged down by shitty officiating because guys just want to, you know, I don't know, keep games close for the sake of entertainment. I mean, you call us a whole bunch of Angel Hernandez is on skates, huh? In, in zebras, oh, in zebra stripes. <laughs> I have been waiting five, five, six years to get back to get to get to get on uh, officiating's asses again. And starting next yep. week, we will we will see it. It's going to be bad. So just and that's the only way some of these teams can stay close in these series next week. But I'm just preparing everybody for it now. Yeah, couldn't have said yeah. it better, Carl. Shout, shout out to Carl and uh, Glenn Scott and RP. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, we talked a lot uh, pretty much of the Eastern Conference loaded up. I got to say something, and Glenn, we talked about this, Scott, you two, uh, earlier this year, the, the Pacific Division. How wild was that? It led with Calgary and Edmonton at the top. They fizzled some way. They struggled. Then all of a sudden it became the Los Angeles Kings and Vegas Golden Knights Division. And then now look at it. <laughs> Calgary and Edmonton's back at the top of the heap at the top at, at the uh-huh. division. Yeah, it's weird how that played all out in this season, man, because it was them two. They faltered. The other two teams like, leapfrogged in front of them. And we, I, I didn't think Edmonton was going to see the light of day. Yeah, they uh-huh. figured it out and got into the playoffs, man. It's crazy. I think that was the, probably the most – the most wildest of the divisions of the season, I think, was them as far as how the the, play, uh, the the standings went out west. Just wanted to say that. But, yeah, we'll be back on next Tuesday, playoff hockey. Look forward to it. And, of course, not only our team and our progressions, whoever we match up with, but we definitely will be talking about other playoff series as well. I look forward to that, man. I look forward to that. All right, guys, see you next Tuesday. Uh, the Ring Podcast, post game versus the Hurricanes. We lose it again to the, the, the former Whalers. Bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.